Welcome to the 44th episode of the Bloomers Podcast. My name is Amr. Um, this channel is based on mental health, life. Um, it's a podcast where I talk about things in life with people or by myself. Um, and yeah, today I'm going to be talking about relationship advice. Um, every fall I do like a relationship advice video. So this is this fall's version. And uh, last fall that video was very successful. Um, and a lot of people enjoyed that. So if you'd like to check it out, I'll leave a link in the description. Um, but yeah, I, it's been a while since I've done a solo video, especially on a, a, a specific topic, but yeah, I hope everyone is doing well. I want to talk about rejection and heartbreak and revenge, because those are topics that are kind of like the negative side of relationships that I never really talk about. So why not do it now? But yeah, I don't, I don't know. So rejection, right? It's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. We have a fear of rejection, guys and girls going into relationships. Um, and it's, it's, I, I looked it up online actually. And it's like, because we have a, um, humans have a fear of uncertainty and change and humans want to be accepted socially so if you're rejected, it's like you're kind of in that outside category of people who like are not accepted or whatever. Some some stupid stuff like that that we think, which is which is fine, right? Like it's okay. But I think that fear of rejection is really stupid. And I only say that because I think that, and I made a video about this before last year. It was like, shoot your shot and don't care. And I've I stand by that. You know, if, if you are truly attracted to somebody and you want to start a relationship with them, just go ahead. Just go start. Try. What do you have to lose? Like, all you have to lose is time and a little bit of pride. And who the hell cares, man? It's so dumb. And a lot of people think that if you're rejected a lot, then you're, like, not lovable or you're not available you're not someone who's who can be in a relationship and that's complete bs and yes if you were rejected a lot that probably does say something about you if you're rejected by a lot of people it probably says that there's something wrong with you but take that little ego hit take that hit of your ego and use it to improve like there's something about you that you need to change. And it's not, that might not always be the case, but if you're rejected by a lot of people, maybe it's the case, you know, consider it. And, you know, you might have to groom yourself better. You might have to dress better. You might have to have a bit more charisma, have a bit more confidence. You you don't have to perceive these things as, a lot of the time, like in life, we just, and this is even something that I, I still struggle with to this, to this day is like seeing other people as not the problem, seeing myself as the problem or seeing my thoughts as the problem. It's really hard because we have strong biases towards ourselves, you know, as humans. But you just got to sometimes look at it, especially if you're a guy, because the dynamic of uh, approaching someone in a relationship is like, the guy does it mostly, right? Most of the time. From what I've heard and from what I've seen with my two eyes, guys are doing most of the approaching because it's, as a girl, 
imagine for guys who are watching, if you're a girl, imagine approaching a guy, right? Like, isn't that kind of scary? I can imagine it'd be scary. And as, as a guy, it's like you, you kind of have that responsibility now to, sorry, to do the approaching. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of guys, if you aren't rejected, your ego will build up and then it'll build up so high to the point where if you are rejected, your ego will be severely offended and you'll come crumbling down. And, and that's why, and I'm, I'm literally talking from experience there. <laughs> and cause when I was, when I was a, a kid, every single girl that I liked in like junior high, let's say they liked me back. And that, naturally had an effect on my ego. It was like, wow, I'm just, I'm a beast, right? <laughs> but, you know, as I grew older, it, that started to not be the case. And that's because people grow up and people, because what, what, what is liking someone? What even is that when you're a kid? Like, what does it really mean? It just means, hey, you, I think you look good and uh, you think I look good and we like each other. But as you grow up, things become more complex and and there's different layers to personality that you actually have to consider. So that, that had an effect on me. Actually, (laughs) I started to realize that, you know, this isn't junior high anymore. And the male ego, I'm telling you right now, the male ego when it's immature is very, very deceptive to men. And it's like, it'll tell you the craziest stories. It'll make the weirdest connections. And yeah, it's just, it's something that rejection puts you in your place and it helps you out. Um, but I, I asked you guys on, on my Instagram story, I did a poll and, uh, we had 19 respondents, uh, responders, you know what I mean? Um, so I asked how, if you're in a, if you are in a relationship or if you were, how did it first start? How did how did it begin? Was it through online or was it, were you approached in person? So, um, 58% of people said in person and 42% said online, which, um, is great. I think that's awesome. More people were approached in person than online, which I think is how it should be. If you're approaching someone for a relationship, um, you should do it in person. The, the, the old fashion way. I think that's more natural and it's more, more romantic in, in a sense. And it's like online to me, especially if you haven't met the person first in person, it comes off more unnatural. And I think it has a lower success rate. If we, if we take these two numbers, 58% in person and a 42% online and apply it, it shows that more relationships happen in person. Therefore we can say in-person relationships are more successful, which is flawed. I know that's flawed, but let's just say that's the case. Then in-person seems to be the more successful way. I think that's, that's the best way to do it. And it's more, it's more human. And and if you've been watching my channel for a while, you know, I'm kind of against social media and stuff um, in general. But if you're a guy trying to approach a girl, or if you're a girl trying to approach, you know, a guy or whatever, I have a little tip list for you. So, First of all, be groomed, all right? If you're a guy, 
trim your beard, get rid of your facial hair, put on some cologne, wear some nice clothes, and yeah, just look good and feel good. Second, be confident. In this situation, what do you have to lose? The only thing you have to lose is time, and the other thing is a little bit of pride. That's it. Um, third, be honest and be straightforward. Don't beat around the bush. You don't have, you have a limited amount of time to make a first impression. Just make it quick, be honest, say how you feel. Hey, I think you're attractive. Hey, we should do X, Y, Z. That's it, right? And fourth, be accepting. You know, take learn to take no for an answer. And if you receive yes as an answer, move forward and accept that response. And yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's just the best way to do it. You don't have to be so offended or hateful of this person if they say no. I mean, if they say no, respect it and just move on. It's it's just that simple. And the big thing I want to enforce in this or reinforce in this episode is that the acceptance of a negative experience is always a positive experience. Um, that's a quote from Mark Manson from The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. It's a great book and that is one of the the quotes that has stuck with me the most is that accepting your negative experiences is always a positive experience but sometimes trying to pursue your trying to pursue positive experiences all the time can be a negative experience you might have to replay that and listen to it again because it is a bit confusing but yeah just remember shoot your shot don't care about rejection and don't ever Live with the question of what if. You don't want to do that. Just because you you never know what you're missing out on. You might as well find out and you might as well take the little ego hit and you might as well take the little bit of pride that gets hurt. Who cares, man? Like it, it, in two weeks, you won't even care. Now, I also asked you guys on Instagram um, about heartbreak. Um, so I asked... Um, have you ever experienced what you consider to be heartbreak? And this is surprising, okay? Out of 27 votes, 81% said yes, and a 19% said no. So that's a 22 to 5 split. That's pretty high. So let's, if we extrapolate that to the world population, (laughs) then 81% of people in the world have experienced heartbreak, which, man, that's crazy. But nah. We're not gonna we're not gonna have flawed statistics here. This demographic is mostly people between the ages of sixteen to twenty five. So um, we got to keep that in mind that this is not this is a young population of people, um, uh, men and and women in this. But that's crazy, man. I I was not expecting that. Twenty two to five, damn. Um, but I asked. As, uh, as, as a follow-up to that for people who said yes um like what were your thoughts about it what were your final what was your final verdict so i'll read some of those out right now so um one person said i felt upset and angry about it at first but in the end learned that there's no point in harboring negative feelings towards the situation or the person so now i only view it as a good thing that i can learn and grow from that's fire that see that that's what I also strongly agree with. Um, another person said it's something to look back on fondly 
but not get too emotionally caught on not get too emotionally caught on what could have been also that I should start effing men. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, no, don't get too caught on to what could have been or whatever. Who the hell cares? Um, another person said felt like shit, which yeah, that's probably your immediate response. Um, another person said a lot of, ref- a lot of reflection, learning, uh, sorry, a lot of reflection, learning to not hate and reflecting on what I've learned. Yeah. Uh, another person said, you don't start from scratch, you start from experience. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's fire. Um, what else do we have? Um, another person said, honestly, getting over it sometimes takes time and you just have to focus on yourself and wait it out. Um, I would disagree with the waiting out part because you actually got to put in some effort, but yeah, it does take time to focus on yourself and whatever. Uh, another person said, uh, it generated mistrust, general sadness, and not being able to focus, but it was a learning opportunity, which yeah, that that's exactly. Um, and before I forget, there are two, so I learned this in class and I had, there was this group of people who came in to present some information to us about like self-help, which immediately got my focus because this is what I like. Um, and they, it's like a student wellness thing at school. So they were saying, um, there's two types of things you do when you take a break. You either do a self-loathing activity or a self-care activity. So self-loathing I think that's, that's the word. It was like, oh, playing video games or like drinking like a smooth, like a smoothie or, or like a milkshake, eating junk food. And then self-care is like going on a walk with a friend, going on a walk alone, doing meditation, yoga, uh, lifting weights. So when you're recovering from heartbreak, um, you got to do more self-care activities than self-loathing because self-loathing is pleasure-based activity. So if you're, and pleasure is a bad value to base your like life experiences on because it's something that's not like, what's the word? It's just not like, (laughs) I don't know how to say it, but it's just not like a, 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 let's say like a trustworthy value right? Like it's something that just comes and goes and it's based on like, okay, drinking alcohol or like smoking your problems away. Like that's not proactive. Yes. There we go. It's not proactive. It's, it's very, it's very reactive and it's very, um, it's like a waste of time, but with self-care activities, like talking about your feelings or going on a walk or, you know, exercising, you are helping your body and your mind in the long, in the long run, instead of just like a pleasure-based activity, that's just short-term, you know, pleasure. And it just kind of goes away. Whereas these other activities, like especially talking is something that really helps when, cause just, I talk about this all the time, keep stuff in here. It will screw you up. You're the only person who knows about it. The, one of the only ways you can get stuff out of your mind is by using your mouth or using your hand to write and using your mouth to speak. Like 
you need to tap into that. So, yeah, that's my advice. Do not self-loathe too much. You can, but because it's fun, but it's not too much. And I think we all know this. Um, and I want to talk about the cause of heartbreak. So, in my opinion, it's a lot of the time the person whose heart is broken in a relationship is like the good-natured person and the bad-natured person is the one who does the breaking. <laughs> and that's not always the case, but this is just generally, okay? I know speaking in general terms is often inaccurate, but this is just what I'm thinking, all right? Um, and abusive relationships, all right? often have this bad-natured person and this good-natured person. And a, the, a lot of the, the premise of abusive relationships is one person is in pain, all right? Some sort of emotional pain that's deep trauma, emotional trauma from some experience. And then there's another person who's the savior. And it's like a savior complex where it's like the savior is trying to solve and fix this other person, the abuser. And that's the dynamic of the relationship. And I'm not saying this is all abusive relationships. I'm saying this is one common type that I've seen. And that is terrible. And if you have ever been in that position, I'm sorry, but it was probably a good thing for you in the end. Um, but you can, like, you can understand why that's a problem, right? Like you're, the whole relationship is based on this one person, this this egotistical person who is basically using, either unintentionally or intentionally, using this savior person to help fix their problems. But in relationships, and this is something I talked about in my last relationship advice video, was your, the solving of problems needs to be a, an individual thing. Time apart and boundaries are really important in relationships in this sense, where yeah, you're, you'll solve your own problems and I'll support you so much through whatever it is that you're going through, but you yourself are going to solve those problems unless I'm involved in them, unless it's a problem between me and you, right? So that is something that I think I've observed and I think is very true. And I've heard people say this, that that is a problem in abusive relationships. And abusive relationships, man, like when you're in one, there's something called the halo effect, which is where the longer you know a person for, just that fact is what makes you more attracted to them and more attached to them. And that is something that's so real. Like, and especially for a guy, I can say, to, I can speak to this, is you will lie so much about another girl or a girl um, to yourself just, just so you kind of stay with her or whatever right like that's that's something i don't know if this all guys have experienced that but that, that that's me i I've, I've definitely lied to myself about some girls and told myself some things that that weren't true just for the sake of being attached to them or whatever which so dumb but yeah i think a lot of the time it's a it's a good person who genuinely wants a relationship and they think that the whole world is is or people were raised the same way they were and they think this will be a good, you know, this person's just like me or whatever, whatever. And then in the end, it's the complete opposite. And it's like, damn, like what the hell just happened?
I actually Googled the, um, the stages of heartbreak and it's really interesting. So I don't know what the source was, but this is a trust me bro moment. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> we got number one, obsession for answers. The first stage, second stage, denial, third sorrow, fourth relapse. So like going back to them, five anger, six acceptance and seven hopefulness. So I'll say it again. The acceptance of a negative experience is always a positive experience. Um, you're going to go through all this crap, these terrible things. These are, are terrible, you know, on at face value, they're terrible. But in the long run, when they compound on each other and you actually take your lesson out from it, it's a good thing. Um, you can see how at the end, it's like an upwards trend. You get acceptance and, and acceptance and hopefulness at the end and denial, sorrow, relapse, anger, all following up to it. And that's all, that's all you got to do, man. It's just, you got to learn and then you got to apply whatever lessons you learned because whatever you just experienced will now tell you what you want in your future, in your future partner. Um, so let's say, let's say, I'm not sure if this is true, but it is for most people. I think let's say breakups cause heartbreak. What is the most common cause of breakups? In my opinion, it's failure to set expectations at the start of a relationship. And then that results in the resurfacing of trauma or old experiences that were not brought up. And that is a pain transfer. So, you know, when you're starting any relationship, you should first talk with your other, with your partner about what the expectations are be, what, what, what's the boundaries here? Like what is not allowed? What is allowed? And what, you know, past experiences have you had? <laughs> what, what's your, what's your history? You know, get everything out on the table. Make sure you're both fully aware of each other. And this is after you know the person for a little bit. This is not a first date type thing, right? Um, and I think that way you can avoid this, this resurfacing of pain and, 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 you know, emotional conflict and fighting and which those things fighting and stuff, you know, that stuff is actually a good thing, but I'm just saying you need to clarify what is what and what is not, <laughs> sorry, you need to clarify like what what is out of bounds and what's within bounds and how can we, how can this relationship benefit both of us and you'll be good. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, that breakup will never happen because you always need to be open to the idea of a relationship failing, but if you really like the person, do that. Just, just set it all, settle all on the table and, and, see where it goes, you know, try to be as clear as much, as much as you can. And if you're hurting, maybe you need that. You know, we always like ne pain is negatively perceived, obviously, right? No one wants to experience pain, but it's such a good ultimate feeling 
to experience it and to just learn from it. Because you're not going to, bro, if, if, like these people who are not, who've never been in, in, in a relationship before, like you're, when you actually want to finally like settle with a person and you haven't ever tried before, it's like, it's way hard, harder and you're probably going to be pretty unlucky. Um, so you either start early and you finish early or you start late and you finish late. That's the way I see it. And again, no matter what happens, remember, <laughs> the acceptance of a negative experience is always a positive experience. No way you accept a, a negative experience and it's a bad thing. No way. It's always a good thing. Acceptance is so peaceful and it's so it's so reassuring and it's so calming and it's a great feeling, but it takes time. And I want to talk about this now. This is really interesting. So I, I was listening to podcasts, right? And a poet named Amir Suleiman wrote this poem. It's called Of Beauty and Breaking. This is a little snippet of it. Um, it goes, who would want their heart broken? But now that mine has been split open, I wonder who would ever want their heart closed? Can you drink from the coconut without striking it? Can you smell the aloe's wood without lighting it? So much sweetness is, is violent, so much beauty in breaking, until I smashed my heart into heart against harder rocks. Living is a labor, dying is an art. Now, I'm not trying to sound toxic when I say who wouldn't want their heart broken, but when your heart is closed, you don't see what you see when it's open and when it's broken. When it's broken open. <laughs> it is ultimately a, such a good thing to have your heart broken. And I know how toxic that sounds, but I'm, I'm just, I promise you it's, it's a good thing. You learn so much and you see, you see the world from a whole different way. And I feel like some people who, who don't experience heartbreak, they won't really develop in the best way. It's been a great teacher and I feel like anyone who's had their heart broken can attest to that and tell, and to tell you that, yes, it is a very ultimately good thing and it teaches you about life and it teaches you about people and we know now how to deal with people better. And that's all life is, man. Everything's interpersonal in the world, you know, without talking to other people, without interacting with other people, what is life? So yeah, it's a good thing. And that poem is just, man, that, that, those lines, who would want their heart broken? But now that mine has been split open, I wonder who would want their heart closed. When I first heard that poem, I was just like, man, this is, and I'm not even a huge poetry fan. I, I I'm like, I don't really care about poetry, <laughs> but this is just, this was just amazing, man. I, I, this guy is amazing. This poem is amazing. I want to talk about revenge and the idea of like the whole revenge cycle. I think we all know that revenge is stupid. Um, you know, in all these stories, like I, I finished playing Spider-Man 2. Great game, by the way. It's amazing story. I finished all my midterms and then I played this game in one weekend. I finished the entire story because I spent the last two weeks before it studying so hard every day. So I needed to give myself a little break. And in all Spider-Man stories and stuff, right? It's like at one point 
the Spider-Man is dealing with, like, getting revenge. And in every single one of them, it's like, revenge is bad. And there's a reason for that, man. Like, these stories don't just take them for what they are, like, at face value. They're actually... All stories, no matter how stupid or simple, except, like, I don't know, Caillou, like, what are we going to learn from that? But, like, (laughs) but these movies and stories that, you know, are made for adults or even ones that are made for kids, they have lessons in them. And it's like, yes, you are being entertained. And yes, look at the action and look at this. But the lessons, man, they're nice. And a reoccurring lesson in a bunch of these things is don't take revenge because it's like, it doesn't really do anything. Like, like what does it really change? Doing bad things to people who have done bad things in this sense, in the sense of relationships, what are you achieving? What are you doing? Like, it's not like you're really changing much. You're just making things worse for someone else. You're stooping to someone else's level. You're not helping yourself. So, yeah, I, the best, the most cliche thing ever, but the best revenge is to improve yourself and show yourself that you're not on the same level as them. You're you're better. And don't take that too personally. Don't internalize that too much. You know, you're better. You're not going to go to their level, so you're better. Um, and... Don't ever do what what the hell is this man? This is some new trend crap I've seen. Like getting in a relationship after you just finished your relationship. Um I I don't really know people who have done this, but I've seen like popular people do it. Like I don't want to name drop the even if it's a celebrity, I don't care. I don't want to name drop her, but it's just crazy, man. Like don't don't get in a relationship just for the sake of getting back at someone like if you experience a breakup take that recovery period and and recover if it even meant something to you you know um and and being the bigger person is it's such a good thing like if you've ever argued with someone and they start flipping out i'm pretty sure all of us have uh experienced this at some and at some point in our lives where the one person just like goes crazy. If you just sit there and you kind of just like talk like calm in a calm manner while they're like flipping out, it, they they look so stupid. And it's one of the best things you can do is just practice patience and being calm and being mature, especially in like in this sense when you're talking with your your partner or your ex-partner or whatever. Don't don't be reactive, just be calm and, and focused because ultimately you will feel better when you do that. When when you when you flip out and you say hurtful things and, and you be rude and you look at look back at it, you'll probably feel some regret. But when you act calm and stuff and you just you be like a good person, sounds so stupid, but you will ultimately feel good and you, you'll be the bigger person, man. It's just, that is cliche. I know this ending is so cliche, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like that's just, it's so important. And remember, 
the acceptance of a negative experience is always a positive experience. Hopefully I didn't say that phrase wrong and mix up positive and negative. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's what I wanted to talk about. I, I was planning this episode for months and I wrote... What I do is I write like a little big script sometimes and then I put little uh, key points on my phone. So I wrote that like big script in June. So it was actually four months ago right now when I, when I wrote that script. Um, and then I put all the points on my phone today. And yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching. Um, I hope you learned something. I, I like to share my thoughts on things and I was holding this one in for for a for a fat minute <laughs> so yeah I hope it helped in some capacity and if, if you are currently going through heartbreak or a breakup or something then I gotta I gotta tell you man I, I'm pretty sure you you will have learned something helpful from this video because you know we've all been there or most of us have been there According to my poll, 81% of us have been there, but no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, thanks for watching. I'll see you in the next video.